720 WGN. It's 217. Have you heard what's going on at the Chicago Tribune? You know, we got a lot of friends over there, a lot of people who join our show. Dan Petrella is with the Chicago Tribune. He uh, grew up in Lombard. He's written for newspapers from Chicago to Carbondale. Uh, joined the Trib in 2017. And uh, are you on the picket line today, Dan? You know, we were on the picket line from 9 to noon this morning, and now we're having a little uh, celebratory gathering here over at the Billy Goat, actually. <laughs> I love that. I so love we are, that. We are, still on the, we are still on the virtual picket line. So what happens when you're on the virtual picket line? Like if I was to grab the Chicago Trib today or jump online, would stories be outdated? Or are you still producing? Tell me exactly what's happening. No, we have all uh, walked off the job for today to try and bring attention to the fact that our owners have been dragging their feet at the bargaining table for five years now. And so we're asking folks to refrain just for today um, from reading our stories online, clicking on posts on social media, um, reading or buying the, the print paper, um, and just sort of uh, taking a day off with us from the Tribune to try and uh, help us fight for a better future for for folks in our newsroom so we can keep doing the journalism that we do that um, tries to make Chicago and Illinois uh, better places. Uh, NPR did a story, I don't know if it was a year or two ago, probably at the time when the Trib was being bought up, and they said, as newspapers vanish, this is how it reads, so does civic engagement. Research shows that when local newspapers disappear or are dramatically gutted, communities tend to see lower voter turnout, increased polarization, a general erosion of civic engagement, and an environment in which misinformation and conspiracy theories can spread more easily. I'm sure you're well aware of that. Um, tell people about the owner of the Chicago Tribune. Sure. We are owned by a hedge fund called Alden Global Capital. That's one of the largest owners of uh, newspapers in America now. And their business model really is to uh, buy up newspapers, slash the staff as much as they can, and squeeze the papers for as much uh, as much profit as they possibly can without any regard for the quality of the journalism that is produced or uh, the ability of their of their workers to make a living doing journalism. Everybody has said their playbook is pretty straightforward, buy low and cut deeper. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, they, they don't just apply that business model to, uh, to newspapers. They do the same thing with mobile home parks. They have a, another business venture now where they're buying up Greyhound stations in cities all over the country and, and kicking greyhound out and flipping the real estate so they really are just um you know full of full of avarice and, and not uh you know really issued at least that they've displayed so far and being good corporate citizens or you know interested in the journalistic mission of the newspapers that they own and what is it that uh, you and your colleagues are seeking you know we, we feel like what we're asking for at the bargaining table and what we've been asking for for five years now is pretty reasonable we want things like uh, you know, the company to continue matching our 401k contributions, which they have historically done. We want, you know, wages that, that keep up with or at least attempt to keep up with the rate of inflation. We want uh, women and, and people of color in our newsroom to be able to be paid equally with their with their counterparts for doing the same work. Um, you know, we want reasonable health benefits, just really standard stuff that will allow people to, you know, make a long term commitment to having a career at the Tribune. And do you have any concern about your job being threatened because you're speaking publicly and you're hitting the picket line and now continuing with a virtual picket? You know, I uh, no, I think the company would 
in my understanding, be violating labor law if they did those things. You know, um, we are all journalists because we believe strongly in the power of the First Amendment, and all the things that we're doing today are, are well within our, our First Amendment rights to, uh, to assemble and to, uh, to speak freely. And even before the pandemic, the pandemic was hard on any media outlet. But prior to that, 2000 American newspapers had closed. It's tough times for newspapers. How much did they pay? Was it 630 million or 680 million for the trip? Oh, you know, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but it was, you know, a, a pretty healthy sum. But they were getting they were getting a newspaper company that was pretty much debt free at the time that they purchased us. And then they, of course, immediately um, saddled us with new debt. And then they also, uh, you know, offered around a buyout that took about a, a quarter of the folks out of our newsroom, especially a lot of our, our big name columnists and critics and, and folks who had been at the paper for a long time and really were, um, you know, some of the bylines that, that drove a lot of readership. To the You'll get a kick out of this, Dan, because I've worked in the media long enough to know that uh, there is truth to what you said. But a texter, and this is how people digest things we say on the radio, and maybe you can address it. They said, I understand what the employees are seeking, and it sounds pretty reasonable. But I highly doubt in today's world that women and people of color in the newsroom are not making the same as their counterparts. I bet you're just I bet they're just throwing that out as a way to hit the buzzwords and to get more people on their side. That makes me kind of mad as a woman. And my response to that is I've been a woman in media forever and I have been fighting this fight for 40 years um, there comes a point where you have attained a certain amount of success where you don't have to fight the fight. But those who are further down on the ladder are still fighting that. Wouldn't you say that that's true, right, Dan? They're fighting that yeah. fight. That's right. And, and we're journalists. We don't make up facts. Uh, what we, this was determined by a study that we did using the company's own data with some of our you know, most capable data journalists in the newsroom, uh, you know, digging through and analyzing the numbers and, and came to that conclusion, not... Um, you know, based on feelings You're or sentiments, but right. based on, on facts. Right, right. Um, this is also the company you mentioned that's buying up all the mobile home parks. We discussed that probably six months ago on the air. It gets very little coverage, and it's devastating a lot of people's lives. Can you talk a little more about that and their venture in gobbling up those properties? Yes, you know, I, I, I should say that I don't know a ton about it other than what I've, I've read myself, but it's very similar where they are, you know, uh, trying to squeeze as much profit as they can, raising rent for the folks who live there and that kind of thing. And that's really their business model and everything they do is not about, um, you know, the quality of the services that they provide, but it's just about wringing as much value out of whatever asset it is that they have acquired. They've gutted some other newspapers. I know Denver went through this and they own about 200, right? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. It's right about there. They are one of you know the two or three largest uh, owners of newspapers in the country now. And has any other newspaper been successful in trying to stop the the slashing of you know staff or you know the supportive staff or have anyone has anyone had any luck with trying to get reasonable options for the employees from this hedge fund? You know. Um, the Washington Post, I believe, had some success when they had a, a walkout recently. You know, they are not owned by our same owners, but just to demonstrate that this sort of tactic um, can work and can be effective. Um, you know, I think it's, it, it definitely is a tough fight because 
they are all about the bottom line and, uh, you know, appeals to, um, you know, the better angels of their nature or, or their, um, you know, desire to preserve jur- journalism and the important part it has in the community aren't really going to work. Um, but, you know, since organizing five years ago, we have been able to, to really protect, uh, protect our members in a lot of ways. You know, we've protected our health insurance benefits. When some of our non-union um, colleagues took permanent pay cuts back during the pandemic, we were able to negotiate for just a, three weeks of unpaid furlough. And so, um, you know, I think we're optimistic. I think we're also clear-eyed about the, the difficult work that's still ahead of us to get this done. And how many cuts have been made at the Chicago Tribune since they took over? Would you say they've eliminated 10% of the staff or how much? Um, you know, it was I believe it was about 25% of the staff who took that first round of buyouts. We have been protected by the fact that we are in contract negotiations. They are not legally able to do, um, you know, layoffs. That's one of the other other things that has um, has really been a saving grace for us during these contract negotiations. And so, um, you know, that was part of the power of organizing is that we are able to um, protect our workers and protect our jobs. Are you concerned about the longevity of newspapers as we know them in general? You know, I would be lying if I said that I weren't. Um, I'm about to turn 40 this year, and so I'm kind of at that point in life where, you know, I have to think about the next couple decades ahead and what's between now and retirement for me. But, you know, I really believe that there are enough people who are curious and interested and want to know what's going on in their communities, that there is a way to make the news sustainable. And I think um, we just have to hopefully come through this period of of really terrible ownership that Starts with the Tribune, but other newspapers too have been going through for the last couple decades, and hopefully find um, you know some new models that can make journalism more sustainable and preserve its its role in our society. Well, good luck with your negotiations. Thank you so much for joining us, Dan. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And please Dan Petrello, the Tribune website and social media today. Oh, go ahead, repeat it, just so you get it out there. I was just, sorry, yeah, I was just going to ask again for for your listeners, please refrain from uh, going to the Tribune website or social media accounts for the day. You know I'm going to tell him to go to the WGNRadio.com account. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. You Have can't chew, Dan, if you want to know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated. Steve's News is next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.